This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Hello and welcome to Fright School. Hello, Joshua. Hello, Joe. How are you today? Oh, you know, actually, I have to tell you, I'm... A little annoyed. I want to share like a uh, first world problem story. Yes. <laughs> Is it time for an anecdote? It's a first world problem story, but I also think uh, to tie into like our overall themes of like examining um, like misogyny and such, you know, that I think it's probably a, a, a problem a lot of uh, women experience every day. Yes. And uh, did you get cat called again? No, <laughs> no I wish. I haven't been cat called in a very long time. Um, but that's, that's a whole other story. <laughs> so anyways, I that's was another up. podcast. Yeah. So I use a lot of rideshare services. Uh, well, I use one rideshare service, but I'm not gonna say what it is cause they're not paying. Uh, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna promote any rideshare services, yes. but I use, I use them all the time. Yes. Uh, one, cause it saves me on time, uh, to, I watch people drive and they all look like they're enraged and out of their fucking minds. <laughs> And I just prefer to be absolved of that. I'd rather spend the money and uh, have somebody else where, you know, we deal with traffic and all that nonsense. But anyway, so I'm coming home tonight. And um, first, the driver completely misses the exit. Oh, God. You know, and we have to go. And he's like, oh, no, it's fine. It's all right. It's all right. I'm like, yeah, but you're going like he went. He got off onto the exit, a different exit that was going the opposite direction. So I'm like, does this even make any sense to you? Mm -hmm. But whatever. Fine. He found he went around like Adams Avenue, all this kind of loop, and, and and came back. So we're getting back on, you know, to get to the house, and I see that it's telling him to turn on Fifty Fifth, and I don't like using that when you're coming up like Fairmont. Yeah. This isn't going to mean anything to people who don't know where I live, but anyways, so the street, whatever. Yeah. The the point is, is that I wanted him to make a left turn at Yerba Santa, you yes. know, because <laughs> I prefer that route. One, there aren't any traffic lights. Uh, two, there's no like SDSU traffic. Uh, three, there's, it's just, it's dark and nice and it's like, yeah. it's peaceful. And I just, I prefer that route, you know? So I'm like, Oh, don't turn down that street. I want you uh, to make a left at the next light. We're going to use that. And, and he says to me, he goes, the GPS isn't showing a way to get to your house on that street. And I said, are you telling me you don't think I know where I live? <laughs> I was like, because that's what, like, that's what it sounds like. He's like, no, I'm just telling you what the GPS says. I'm like, make the goddamn left before you go missing. Yeah. I didn't say that, but I'm just like, seriously? Do you know who I am? It's like, make a left 
But he just like looked at me like, oh, I don't see a way to get to your house from there. I don't care what you see. I don't care what your GPS says. Like, turn left. Oh, so frustrated. But it just, but it was funny because like I was frustrated with that. But then I was thinking about my own reaction to it. And then I started thinking about, you know, all the people like in my life I talk to every day, particularly women and particularly women of color who like probably deal with that. You know, one of the doctors today. Um, she's a woman of color and she was having problems. The, um, the breakfast wasn't delivered and usually on Tuesday mornings, the doctors have a meeting and so they, they get breakfast brought in. Yeah. And I only know this, that it didn't come today because I was invited to sit in on their talk they were having because they were talking about psych- uh, uh, psychedelic drugs being used in, for psychiatric purposes. So things like psilocybin, you know, um, LSD, uh, MDMA, like how could these be applied? Yes, Joe it, nods emphatically. Right, yeah. Because <laughs> people will be, you know, people are requesting to use more like, you know, cannabis and things. Like that. They're, they're wanting to explore those options. Uh, for better or worse, in between, whatever. Um, and so I'm like, well, cool, because I'll get some breakfast. Great. So I'm sitting there, I'm waiting, and like the breakfast doesn't come. And I walked into, I guess, after they already realized it wasn't being delivered, and one of the female doctors had called to say something about it with zero like help or assistance from the other people. So as I'm walking in, she's like, she's like, I want one of the guys to call because they're not because they're not gonna treat you the way they just treated me. You mm. know, and so they had a whole conversation where about it, like the, you know, these female, these doctors, psychiatrists, you know, well, yeah. resident psychiatrists, I should say, but still they're doctors. They've, you know, they've worked hard. They've earned, you know, their respect. Yeah. And, um, but they were having this conversation just like, you know, and she was like, um, they're the, the women doctors, but there was three or three of them talking together and just saying, you know, oh, you know, make sure you smile on the phone and be very, very polite and be very careful. And, you know, and, that, and that's what she said. She's like, I just want one of the guys to call because I don't want to be called a bitch this morning for saying like, hey, you guys messed up and you need to fix this, you know. And then, of course, the other doctor, he picks up, I'm Dr. Blah, blah. And we seem to be missing, you know, whatever. Oh, right away. <laughs> right. Oh, yes. Well, and, right and, away. And in the end, nothing came of it. But they didn't like you know, he didn't feel the same way. So anyways, it just got me thinking about all that. So that's how like my morning started. And then at the end of the night, I have some guy telling me the GPS thinks it, like he trusts it more than me to get to my own damn house. You yeah. Know? And I'm just like, people must like, they go through this a lot. Anyways, that's kind of a long winded story, but I was just annoyed by it. And I thought I would share. I, I love it. Um, <laughs> what about you? <laughs> I, well, I will share a particularly terrifying rideshare uh, story. I, Long story short, I carpooled with a friend who was staying downtown for her birthday, and then I was going to just take a ride share back to my place, which is, like, easily 15 minutes away from downtown. So, end of the night, it's, like, 2 in the morning, ride share back to my place. I did um, the option where you can pick other people up. Um, that's mm. nondescript enough because... I, I never do that. The I, I, was, I was being a cheapskate that night, so I went ahead and did that. And it took me a while to get to my place, but we got to my place. By the t- when I get to my place, I don't have my fucking keys. My <sighs> keys are in her car at the hotel downtown. So I got to ride share my ass all the way back. But anyway, ride share back there, I was the only person, I splurged to just have it be me, only person to go back there. And my driver, this woman, she looked, you know, she looked like she was having a night. It was like three in the morning. So, you know, and she had like these two really big cups of like soda. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, like your soda. Good for you. I, for some reason, she kept hitting all of the the lane markers on the way there. And then by the time we got downtown, I realized that this woman was sleeping at the wheel. 
Oh no! <laughs> and she literally, I like looked at her in the rear view mirror, and I could see her downtown. Like, I saw her head, and then I saw it like fade gently away, like the sunset. And I was like, "It's green. <laughs> you need to go. You need to wake up, girl. Wake up!" Wow. So, uh, needless to say, I reported somebody. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and that's the thing, because like I basically my rules for ride shares are this. You know, I need to get where I'm going. Okay, so I need to be delivered there. <laughs> yes. I need to be alive and in all, in all pieces, not hemorrhaging from anything. I need to be totally together, alive and well. I need you not to say anything sexist or misogynist. I need you not to say anything racist. I need you not to say anything classist. <laughs> that's and asking a lot. Well, I know. I guess it is <laughs> these days. But that's why I just don't talk. You know, like yeah. I usually tell people, it's like, I'm sorry. You know, I work for an outpatient psychi- psychiatric clinic. Like, I just deal with a lot of talking. You know, I, I just want to. Yeah. I'm going to give you five stars if you get me there and you just don't talk. Like, yeah. I don't say it. But I mean, that's generally like the vibe I get. I get in the back. I get my headphones. I'm like, hello. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm very kind and very nice, but I do not want to talk to you. It's the yeah. same thing with like hair. Like, when I get my hair done, I do not want to talk. I don't want to talk. I just It's a nice, relaxing thing. I have very long long hair i like when they're playing with them they blow dry and they're doing the thing i just want to zone out you know i don't want to talk to you um even though and i go to the same girl all the time you mm-hmm. know but she knows that you know so that's why i go there right exactly so she's cool you know whatever and and i'm i really work hard not to be an asshole i tip really well i you know i make sure that people know i'm very happy with the service i just talk to people constantly you yeah. know and i and i do this and i have a band and so it's like i if you want to hear me talk you should right subscribe to my <laughs> yeah, podcast exactly. you should do this <laughs> buy my album buy, buy my, my record al- <laughs> buy my album so buy my record. yeah so it's just it's one of those things so it's like i i, I don't generally i don't complain i don't like report people i almost always get five stars unless you're like a douchebag you know um and I and I have I've had people give me cards to their church, I, you know. I and I'm like, Ooh, eh, oh my god, happy, you know. But <laughs> one time, so when I was in Orlando recently, I took a rideshare from my hotel to the Pulse uh, site. So that way, you know, because I really I was there and I was like, you know what, I need to go there and yeah. just like experience it. Um, so I went there and that and that experience in and of itself is another podcast. But on the way back, this oh, so on the way there, this guy was like, where are you going? There's nothing around here. It's just all industrial area. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to the, you know, Pulse Massacre site. And he's like, oh, what's that? And I'm like, oh, OK. Yeah. And I'm and I'm done talking. And then on the way back, this woman picked me up across the street from it, but you know, still by Pauls. And she was this lovely Cuban immigrant woman. Um, I started talking to her because I got a little scared because when I walked into her, when I came into her car, she was playing like worship music. Oh, like yeah, it was very it was very slow and like uh, praise glory glory. And I was like, Hey, how you doing? <laughs> So I started talking to her, and she was very nice. She didn't try to proselytize me or anything, but, you know, it was just like, ooh, like, why you got to do that? Why, why you got to make it uncomfortable like that? Yeah. You know, and I generally like speaking, like, people are always like, oh, do you want to put this music on? Do you want to do that? You want to? I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want anything from you. I do whatever. I want the driver to be happy mm-hmm. because I need you to get me where I'm going, and I don't want to hear you complain about traffic because mm-hmm. it's 7 o'clock in the morning, and we're, go- and we're driving in San Diego. If you drive in San Diego anywhere, there is always traffic. So, you know, it's like... Like I just, I just want 
you to be comfortable and happy, play whatever you want. I'm gonna put my earphones in. I'm gonna listen to podcasts. I'm either because I'm listening to our like edits mm-hmm. or I'm listening to other stuff. You know, like believe me, I have I have plenty of entertainment in my little brain. I keep yeah. in my hand. It's just fine. get me there. Just get me where I'm going. You know, yeah. I don't care. But the uh, there was a guy the other day who had you can reach terrible. me by airplane, by caravan, right. Arab man. <laughs> get me there if you can. Okay, exactly, <laughs> precisely. But yeah, this guy was just playing this terrible um, modern worship music, which is far worse. Oh, I'd rather God. hear a hymn because I think I think a lot of hymns are really pretty, and there's a lot of like I love a good choir. Yeah, I love it. Give me some hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, I love that, but I don't want to hear you know some rock and roll creed wannabe. If I could sing out your love forever, exactly. Jesus. Yeah, I just I don't want to hear that shit. And this guy was playing it, and every song sounded exactly the fucking same. Yes, they all sound the same. (laughs) And I was just so over. But I did. I just turned up my, you know. So I was like, I was listening to a radio station once. I was listening to a radio station once, and I was like. Halfway through, I was like, oh, my God, I can't tell if this is a Christian radio station or if this is like a just a really sucky adult contemporary rock station. Ugh. I think it was a Christian station. Whatever. Anyway, so that is exploits from uh, real life horrors. Yes, that, that is the uh, <laughs> everyday horror of Every our lives. Day. Yes, exactly. So anyways, whatever. Yeah. Ride share. Good times. I'm glad um, you're still with us, listener. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. All right, so let's do some news before we get into uh, Rosemary's Baby. You. All right. All right. So it is Tuesday, so we're going to be gathering for the cult tonight to watch American Her Story. Uh, so this came out, uh, everybody's talking about it because I guess this week's episode opens with a mass shooting. And they have decided to edit it. Oh, yes. This is a voice from the past. So we are recording this on um Tuesday the 10th. So right. these are the voices of the past. <laughs> uh, that is true. Uh, but uh, anyway, so point is that they are, they are planning to um, edit to because it's going to start with a mass shooting. And, and we all know, obviously, what, we happened, know what happens in uh, Las Vegas mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, all the other, just the, the huge list of mass shootings. Yes. But uh, so they have decided to tone it down. It looks like the episode's called Midwestern Assassin. So it was, it's supposed to open with a mass shooting, but they're saying they're going to tone it down. But I'm kind of curious if they're going to tone it down or, you know, well, here, there's a, a quote from Mr. Ryan Murphy. Um, although I think you should read it because you should do it in your. Oh. You should do it in your Ryan Murphy voice. I got to do voice. it in my Ryan Murphy voice. <clears throat> So this is uh, my wife, uh, Ryan Murphy voice. <clears throat> oh, here he is in the studio. Hello, Mr. Murphy. Hello. Hello, Joshua. Hello, Joe. Should you air it? Should you not air it? <laughs> How do you be sensitive? My point of view was, I believe I have the right to air it, but I also believe in victims' rights. And I believe that now is probably not the week to have something explosive or incendiary in the culture because someone who was affected might watch and it could trigger something or make them feel upset. So our decision was to re-edit, and I felt that that was the right move. Thank you. BMW. (laughs) So there's his point of view. Thanks, Ryan. We'll see you later. And the reason I bring this up is just because, you know, our podcast we're you know fright school we're here we're looking at you know how culture influences horror how horror influences culture you know vice versa i you know again i stand firmly in the in the in the uh, context that um 
horror reflects back yes. what happens. So I, I don't, and, and I, I don't think things like video games or horror movies make people go out and do the things they do. If anything, I, I've said in the past, I think it exercises those feelings. Uh, at least for me, I, you know, I mean, whatever. I mean, you could speak to what you think my state of mind is, but I, you know, I go, you watch a horror film and it just kind of like, you know, it, you feel like, like something's released. You know, I think horror helps me, uh, from killing people sometimes. <laughs> what is um, the Wes Craven quote? Horror doesn't... Um, oh, that it releases horror. Yeah, it yeah. releases fear. It doesn't yeah. like cause it. It releases the fear. If you write to us at info at frightschool.com, uh, you'll see it in our signature. Oh, uh, that's... Yeah, that is... That but, is you know, true. horror releases fear, I think. And I... And your your reasoning behind that is definitely similar to mine as well. Like I definitely believe that horror films, it's all about reflecting it back. It's about, um, providing this, uh, how do we say this, uh, catharsis. I know that's a very like trite word to use, but catharsis from, uh, real life, from real world situations. So it's, um, it is very, it's very interesting. And I, I think they had, a, this was a similar, and again, this is just awful and horrible and horrible that we have, like, this has happened before. This happened in Hannibal during the Sandy Hook massacre right. with um, Hannibal and the episode with Molly Shannon. There's the shooting, but also it involves children. Like, in that particular episode was actually completely removed and taken out of the run and they had to like edit the last time on for the episode right after it to kind of fill in the gaps a little bit so you know they didn't have that procedural they eventually released it back in um in netflix and they put it back in circulation i remember watching it because that was the only episode i didn't watch that season and thinking oh my god i'm so glad they did not because uh, they did not include it because you could only imagine what was happening um, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see how it goes once we screen the episode, um, when we screen the episode tonight. Uh, and you know, again, like this is, these are the voices of the past. So we can, <laughs> they, there could be an uproar tomorrow. There could be, you know, uh, many things happening, um, after we did. So the, the, uh, the fallout could be a lot greater than we thought. Yeah. I just, you know, the way I feel though about it is that, you know, I think I like American Horror Story because I feel like it reflects back, you know, American culture in a lot of interesting ways. And this is just a truth of our culture. This is a very real horror. And I absolutely understand, you know, I wouldn't, you know, I definitely, I, I haven't been involved in that. So maybe I'd have a different opinion if I'd been in Las Vegas and kind of, you know, it suffered that. Um, you know, had been shot or had somebody I know had been shot or just shot at or just there at all, you know, being part of it. I mean, just that the fear. So I wasn't there. So I, I can't really, you know, say how I might feel otherwise. But I also feel like that is a real reflection of where we're at. And we need to fucking do something about it instead of being upset a television show is going to show a mass shooting when somebody can do, I mean that can happen anytime anywhere any moment because people have access to you know th this sort of um, weaponry you know you can get all these guns you can get all this ammunition and you know I I don't really know I don't like to get too much into like the gun debate thing because mm -hmm. I definitely feel the state has guns the police have guns. The military have guns. I think private citizens should be able to have guns. Um, you know, I, not that, you know, I don't think like, 
you know, like these, what is that going around? All these like quote unquote patriots are like, I need all these guns uh, to protect our country and also to protect myself from our government. You know, like, okay, well, like, you can't like it's that. Not d- six of one, like you. Yeah, it's very weird. It's yeah. like you know, you better love our flag and love this country and love our government, but I'm also preparing to have to fight it. And so it's like this is cognitive dissonance, you know, of that. So I try to, you know, I'm not against people having guns. I am against um, sort of how easy they are to come by, you know? Yeah. And I do think that, you know, because people are like, oh, you know, somebody can use a truck to drive it into a bunch of people. Like, yeah, you're right. And that person was given a license, insured, you know, that car is registered to them. We know exactly who owns that car, how yeah. they got it, you know, and, that, and they, they're paying money. So if they do damage to the people, you know, <laughs> it gets, you know, hopefully. <sighs> anyway, Sorry. It's kind of off the off the beaten track. The point is, is that I think it's very interesting that they're uh, choosing to to censor it. I I mean, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I think we have to be sensitive, but I think again, America, we're so we've become so reactionary and and, and focused on the wrong problems. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like well, it's like everything else. It's like you know, we talk about. You know, oh, uh, we, you know, girls can't, you know, wear spaghetti straps and they need to watch what they're wearing and they need to like be very careful and, you know, going around instead of like, how about we like punish rapists and tell men not to rape people? Like maybe that's what we should be teaching. Not, you know, not, not that a woman's whole life is subjugate, you know, subject to, to our gaze. To the male gaze. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's it's like things like that. We're always just so focused on the wrong thing. And it's like, so what? American Horror Story is, that's that's what it's doing. You know, it's kind of reflecting this horrific culture that we live in. And we need to yeah. we need to look at those very real horrors. And especially this season, too. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's there's no supernatural elements that are coming in this season. So it's yeah. everything that is real and and taking place in a, in real, in a reality. Um, in the in the confines of the current reality, I should say. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it'll it'll be interesting to see how they how they do it, and then also if they decide to release it um, in full later, um, as they did with Hannibal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm kind of curious. So we'll see how it kind of plays out. But uh, to go back, it is it's horror films don't create fear; they release it. That was Wes's uh, Wes Craven's quote, um, and I, I yeah. think that uh, yeah, that's it's a good way to exercise those sorts of. Those sorts of things. Yeah. Anyways, so uh, beyond that, any other news? Um, no. By the time you listen to this, folks, uh, you you're gonna have you're gonna have listened to our bonus special field trip episode on That's right. Um, not uh, scary farm. Uh, so that will come out on Friday the thirteenth. Uh, we're gonna release that then. Uh, so it'll be in the Friday before this. The Friday you before this. Then. So it'll still be the past. Uh, but I. I want you to know that um, I had a lot of fun, and you can hear all about it when uh, you listen to that episode. So check that out. Um, I was revisiting recently um, the last season of Black Mirror. Oh, very cool. And uh, yeah, it was so, <laughs> so good and so creepy. Um, the the final epi- The final episode in that season I actually hadn't watched yet, so I went and watched it, and it was just everything that I wanted from a black mirror, you know, it's, it was, it's technology though in the wrong hands and a commentary on X, Y, Z and current culture. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, very good. I, I enjoyed it and I'm looking forward to the next season. Uh, definitely looking forward to stranger things coming out soon and, um, looking forward to figuring out a, 
costume for your Halloween party. <laughs> I have <laughs> no idea right. what's going on. Gorefest is coming. Oh, I love that. We'll we'll have to talk about that once it happens. I, lo- I love I love Halloween. So, anyways, so we're gonna take a short breather, and we'll be back to discuss the classic Rosemary's Baby. Want to be a guest lecturer on an upcoming episode? Want to submit a film for consideration? Got a question, or more likely a correction for me? Shoot us an email at info at frightschool.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. <laughs> what did you uh, think of the film? We'll just start um, there. <laughs> it was good. I liked it. It held my attention. Um, Mia Farrow serving face the entire time. Oh, so much face. Um, so the fashion is so good in it too. Yeah, and it's pretty long. It's two hours and sixteen minutes. Yeah, it, it was but long. It it really moves. It keeps you engaged. It's a it's a great atmospheric film. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So yes, good. Loved it. Um, you know, again, it's one of those movies that I'm not can. I didn't go in completely blind. You know, I do know that something's up with Rosemary's Baby, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, it was good, good stuff. Yeah, it's a good, good movie. <laughs> what did uh, you think of it, Joshua? <laughs> you know, I don't remember when I first saw it. It's been years. It's another one of those things my mom uh, showed us. You know, when we were kids and. Again, it's another one where in the credits, it's like, you know, based on a book by Ira Levine. I was like, what? I'll be back and ran down to the library. Go get that book. Yeah, had to go get that book. Had to go get that book. It's right here sitting on my lap, which I've had. Look how battered this is. I've had it for years. Dang, that is, that's a really, that's yeah, a copy. It is. I it, I really like the book. One, it's really fast to, to read. Like, it's great for a bathtub, mm-hmm. you know, like if you just kind of want to flip through it. Because it really, um, it. It's written very simplistically, but I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, it's just, it's very straightforward. It reads like a a screenplay. And in fact, if you read it, you feel like you might be reading the screenplay. I mean, Polanski really stuck to the source material very closely. Uh, It, it, almost all the dialogue is taken right out of the book. Uh, The, the, uh, what do you call it? The the atmosphere, the settings, the characters, I I mean, everything. It's like down to just the the tiniest of details are are really right from the book. I was reading something earlier that said it's like one of the most literal adaptations of a book ever. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I remember um, watching with my mom and I, you know, I probably didn't, I don't know. I mean, when I was like, 11 or 12, you know, watching a movie from the 60s didn't seem all that exciting to me. And I remember us all like, you know, you wait to get to the end to like, we're going to see the baby when we're going to see the baby. And then you don't see the baby. And it's like, well, <laughs> what the hell, you know? Yeah. So it wasn't until later, you know, you grow up and whatever and you have experience. And now I have more of, of an analysis of the film. And again, I like, uh, much like our conversation about the XX, the box, you don't know what's in the box. You don't know what Rosemary's baby looks like. Clearly, his eyes are all messed up because yeah. she says that. But that's really all. But he you has know. his father's eyes. His father's eyes. He's <laughs> got his father's eyes. Which I love. In the book, she actually he's got little uh, claws too, little pearlescent claws. Uh, but he's wearing mittens so that he, capital he, H, capital H, he does not scratch himself. Capital H. I like. It's all like you know God mm-hmm. or whatever. You know when they talk of him, it's in you know the. Uh, the, the son of Satan. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but yeah, it's it's so just funny that they describe it. He's got like little, I think, um, horn buds, you know, like so. It's more the idea that you know he he actually looks like a demon. <laughs> he looks like the devil. They, yeah. She describes what he looks like, but you don't really get to see him in, in the movie, which I think is good, anyway. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's nice that you're kind of left to make your own uh, image of what Rosemary's baby looks like. Mm. <laughs> um, so to talk about, first of all, the reason you know this is uh, part of our first module, you know, so you're having a baby. Yes. For, for this season of Fright School. Uh, I think that, it, what was it? Um, Ira Levine, actually, he has a great quote where he said, um, I don't think any pregnant woman should read it, discussing his own book. Uh, and like I've said before, it's not a good idea to get pregnant in a horror film. Yeah. You know, something really terrible is going to happen to you. No, don't get pregnant. <laughs> Which is which is funny with horror films. It's like I don't have sex, right? Don't get pregnant, right? Just be a virgin, yeah, and you'll live, right? <laughs> um, I kind of the, one of the big reasons that I I really think Rosemary's Baby is still extremely relevant is you know the conversation on like gaslighting. You know, mm-hmm. we obviously we have that now um, constantly in since, the mainstream. Yes, since we have a, uh, a president who does it all the time. <laughs> Yes, but you know it's it's a very modern story still. Even I mean, even though we have more protections in place for for people that uh, you know, so husbands can't call up the wife's psychiatrist or doctor and you know get information. But still, the idea that you know she is trying to trust herself and and knows like something is up here, and everybody is, yeah. you know at every turn is trying to control her or lying to her. It's, you know, it's a, it's a real conspiracy, but she's constantly made to feel crazy. And I think that's still a very relevant uh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> conversation. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so if, well, I guess if you're listening now, we could have said at the beginning, Rosemary's Baby is about, you know, Rosemary and Guy Woodhouse, he's an actor. She wants to be like a stay-at-home mom. You know, they moved into a new apartment building. They think life is going to be great. And lo and behold, they moved next door to... A coven of witches. All of them witches. All of them Satanist witches. All of them witches. And she gives birth to the Antichrist. To the Antichrist. That's what happens. To the son of Satan. Yes. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. (laughs) And we been knew that the husband was involved. We already (laughs) did done knew that the husband's in on it. Everybody. Everywhere she turns, everybody's in on it. They all reek of this... They'll reek of Satan. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. The so, devil's flower. The devil's flower. No, it's not even. It's not the good stuff. It's just some no. gross fungus growing in a, who knows what, the devil's pepper. The devil's pepper. <laughs> they all reek of it. And uh, she's trying to get away. She wants to save her baby. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I. Okay, so if we look at... Rosemary's Baby. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this, uh, this sort of analysis of it. Is if you look at like the '60s, you have like the free love going on, you know, all of that kind of thing. Everybody's very uh, hyper, like aware, like of, of the sex conversation is sort of happening. Mm-hmm. But uh, I love this uh, quote: uh, "The plot of Rosemary's Baby was a brilliant metaphorical distilliz- distillation." 
of the widespread ambivalence and anxiety over sex and reproductions. Sexes and reproductions. I mean, that's plural. <laughs> Sexes and reproductionists. Yes, exactly. Um, it, it, sort of like looking at how we were... <laughs> We were sort of change like science was changing into where we could tinker more with pregnancies. We could start doing, you know, we were giving, you know, pills and, you know, medications. And so she's sort of in this uh, place where she's getting, you know, these weird shakes are given to her and these other people are trying to control like, you know, what, you know, what her pregnancy mm-hmm. and how that happens. And at the same time, like there were cultural anxieties over doing that, you know, science messing with, with God's work and mm-hmm. nature and I thought that was kind of an interesting reading of the film. And then to talk about, like, you know, everybody's, you know, so suspicious of, like, the roots that she's taking while people are guzzling down, you know, like, pills and whatnot and birth control stuff. All trusting that the male, the patriarchal doctor mm-hmm. knows best. Exactly. And, oh, God, that doctor... Like, you know, don't read any books. Don't educate yourself. <laughs> yeah. Do you like, don't talk to your friends. Don't talk to your friends. Don't go see any of the doctors but me. It's like, ah, don't worry your pretty, don't worry your little head. I've seen a lot of women's vaginas. I've put a lot of babies out of them. Right. And, uh, I'm yours and I know different. best. I know best. <laughs> I, you know, which, you know, is great because Ralph Bellamy, who plays Dr. Uh, Saperstein, is like this really, um, like, definitive character actor from uh he's most famous for his role in um uh his girl friday so like that's where i was like ralph bellamy i know that name so he it it was it was actually really interesting to see him there and you know he's like oh well don't don't uh don't do that don't don't uh don't read don't read rosemary don't 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 do any of that please and all the while, she's walking around looking like some kind of zombie. Yes. It's such a great image in the film where she's got her little round belly, but her eyes are like sunken in. And she already looks like some kind of prepubescent child. Yeah, she already looks like what? Like some prepubescent child or something like that, right? <laughs> yeah. With her with her eyes all eyes all aglaze and, right. and sunken and like bags, bags for days, like... Yeah, well, I just think of that, like, when you look at the film, like, everybody like everybody's, uh, looks so much older than she does, including Guy. Like, she's really put into, sort of, she's infantilized, like, throughout the movie. And she's, like, looking sicker, you know, more and more sick. And her friends are like, what, the, what is wrong with you? Like, what is going on, you know? Even what she wears, all these, like, baby yeah. doll, like, uh, baby doll pregnancy outfits. I'm just like, come on. like Yeah, yeah. I just think it's, you know, it, it, it kind of paints that picture. But then, in, but she know something's wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I like the sort of the, the flip of that where she is, you know, she's the hero, you know, well, I mean, you're hope you're, you're, you're rooting for her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we I, try. Yeah, yeah, we try. I mean, she did have the, the antichrist. So, you know, yeah. I mean, I guess we can't root for her too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in the book, there's like a moment where she actually thinks about grabbing the baby and jumping out a window. And it's like, well, would that have been good? Would that have been the right thing to do, Rosemary? I don't yeah. know. I mean, I'm not saying, you know. I mean, don't leave it far far be it for us to judge your mothering choices. Right, but. for the Antichrist. I mean, that's, you know. <laughs> I love that the uh, National Catholic Office for Motion Pictures um, condemned the film. And of course. That it was a venial sin. V- yes. Is that how you say that? Yes, venial sin. Yeah, that... Um, it, a stain on your soul should you see Rosemary's baby. 
I love that. I love I but, love Catholicism. But it's like you know, it's so funny because it's like, are the is this not a warning? Like, is the doesn't isn't this not a a movie and a, a book that makes you you know you look at everybody around you like, are you trying to bring the Antichrist? I mean, it should be like a like a warning, not a not something to condemn. <laughs> See, here's the thing. So I had to look that up because I I'm forgetting my. Uh, my Catholicism, but there's two different types of sins. There's a, there's mortal sins and there's venial sins. So venial sins um, are lesser sins. They don't ah. they does not result in complete separation from God and oh, eternal damnation in hell. But a mortal <laughs> sin like um, murder, homosexuality, is the gravest sin. That's ah, the that's the kind yes, of stuff that yes. that you go you know you go all the way down for. So if you, you know, if you just watch Rosemary's Baby, if you just yeah. watch Rosemary's Baby, don't worry. You can just go to confession, go see your priestess and be priest. Hey, priest, I saw Rosemary's Baby. I liked it. <laughs> yes, yes. That's, absolutely. That's, I'm glad that they, they offer that opportunity, you know, for confession and all. Yes. <laughs> Ab- absolving. It's good for the soul, Joshua. It is. Delicious soul. Mm. <laughs> um. Anyways, what else? Um, what else happens in Rosemary's Baby besides the birth of the Antichrist? Uh, let's <laughs> see. Um, what kinds of things stuck out to you? Um, <laughs> they get into. The, they have their first like dinner, and the, let's make love. Oh, <laughs> it's like can we? We're eating like right in the middle, and I'm like in the floor, and like let's make. Love. These people obviously don't also don't like to use their chairs. And their tables. It's oh. like let's play Scrabble on the floor. Let's let me look at things on the floor. I'm like, girl, there's a table right there. It was the '60s. All the people doing that movie is drink and smoke. Yes, you know, so they just have to stay on the floor. Yes, the giant toast of red wine when they got the. I'm like, ah, toast, toast the baby. Right. Yeah, the new whole baby. She's like, I'm just getting more and more pregnant, drinking all the wine, smoking all the cigarettes. <laughs> like the castavets <laughs> were probably the most hilarious Satanists ever. Right. They're wonderful many i want uh, you know i don't know if i uh depending on how this aging thing happens to me i may want to be her yes <laughs> roman <laughs> i will never live next to you then <laughs> you're not gonna have my baby job how much is that chair how big is your womb how big is, <laughs> how big is your womb are you fertile <laughs> She is so nosy and wonderful, but I love that actress. And when you like when you read the book, I mean, it's perfect. It's like, wow, they really they cast that film so well. Like, I mean, th- those two are exactly. I mean, they are portrayed as just like this garish couple, loud as hell and annoying. And I mean, they couldn't have done it better. Well, they introduced them wearing these like most ostentatious like outfits loud and it's like oh she was uh blah 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 you know and uh i guess they i guess they had to get rid of terry because terry didn't want to be the uh the uh wife of the the wife of the the mother of the son of satan or something right it, it sounds like they were doing that ritual um, right before she killed herself, ki- done kill it herself, done killed herself. Yeah, I think the idea there is that y- they were priming her originally, and yeah. and you know she and it failed, it failed miserably. She didn't want to. She didn't want to birth the. Uh, the she didn't de- want to birth that baby. <laughs> the devil, the devil's baby. Uh, so funny, but um, uh, suicide. So funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, but seriously, get help. Right, yes, please. 
if somebody, uh, if you or somebody you know is being uh, used by a cult of Satanists to uh, usher in uh, the 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 time of darkness yes. what is that called the the uh, the, the, uh, the revelation the times revelation times the, to the beast the great tribulation the beast if they you know if, yes. if that's a concern the end times uh, you should definitely seek help mm-hmm. um, but not from your husband or your doctor no they're probably in on it if we've learned anything yeah if Rosemary's baby has taught us that is that is don't it. trust them <laughs> um. Yeah, so obviously, you know, pregnancy and all of that. Yeah. Having babies, life. That's been a long, like, discussion in horror films. You know, go, you know, look at, like, Frankenstein. That's, like, unnatural life being created. Mm-hmm. You know, you go back to that. Um, but Rosemary's Baby, I think, definitely helped kick up that, uh, the the genre of that in mm-hmm. horror mm-hmm. after afterwards. Uh, let me see. There was like all kinds of um, movies like r- right after like uh, Satan worshipers, black magic, all of that sort of went up in cultural consciousness, the brotherhood of Satan, Mark of the devil, black noon, the blood on Satan's claw, <laughs> uh, you know, um, obviously the exorcist was, was, was imminent as well. Yes. Uh, this oh, is before exorcist, right? Yeah. Yeah. A few years before. It's interesting that, like, I, The Exorcist, I don't think, got the same kind of condemnation that Rosemary's Baby did, but, you know. Well, it's, I mean, there is a, there is a difference between, you know, witnessing the birth of the Antichrist versus just a, a possession, which, uh, and, and I mean, exorcism is also very well documented as well, so, um, within, the, within the Catholic church. Ah, there we go. Well, that, um, hey, that's a good point. Uh, <laughs> I did like the um, when she meets with Saperstein for the first time, and she said, um, "He's like, you know, don't take those modern medicines. Take this uh, natural herbs and get a drink and all that stuff." And it, it, I feel like it would be like the exact opposite today because it's like, oh no, don't go away from like tried and true method. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna take these natural herbs. Whereas today, I feel like all people want to do is they go natural and they're like, no, here, take these, take this. And, you know, it's, that's another thing that's yeah. kind of creeping me out, especially like when we watch Cure for Wellness, it's like, you know, what is people ingesting things that are like, end up being their downfall in the end? Yeah. That's just so creepy. So, so creepy. Absolutely. Well, and I think that's the thing, because, you know... Even in the sixties, like that wouldn't have been normal for your doctor to come to you and say, "Ignore all, ignore know. all of Western medicine," and especially, you know, this is the, it's the same medicine that gave you the pill that's right. you know messing with uh, fertility and all of that. Like, no, yeah. here, drink. You're actually your neighbor's gonna help me. Like your yeah. neighbors, your neighbors herbs. Like, yeah, that she's growing in her kitchen or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I don't think that it's meant to. I mean, obviously. You you should be suspicious of him too from the beginning. Oh, you know, absolutely. When, when you know she goes to see him and he's like, oh no, you know, because if anything, then it would have been even more like you know, you're just a dumb woman and I'm going to give you all these pills and you know we'll get that baby out of you and yeah. uh, it'll be all fine and trust me and trust you know the science and medicine, you know. So I, I think that's just a way. Uh, for you to kind of be suspicious of him too, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of you know again that's uh, the movie would probably be very interesting if in the end nothing was actually going on. Yeah, you know if it, as if it was all like in her mind, 
it was either just way, her it could have worked. It could have yeah. worked either way, like as 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 a piece of horror. Like you know, is there really something going on? And I think that's what it is. Like throughout the film, you're kind of trusting or not trusting different people based on you know what you're learning as it goes or what you sort of. Um, yeah, absolutely. The question, you know, mm-hmm. especially like I, I always wondered if the other doctor, Dr. Hill, was actually involved or not. I don't think so. I, I think that he was just like another guy. Like mm-hmm. this woman's crazy. I'm going to call her husband. And yeah. Have him come oh, now you gave me. Office. I know who your husband is. And then you also just told me the name of your doctor. So I'm right. going to call them both. So that way you guys can put a hold on her. Yeah, because it's clear that something is wrong with her rather than trusting her. Uh, but you know that's what the whole movie is kind of about, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. <you> know? <laughs> um, let's think. What else here? Uh, I don't know. You know, it's not a. It, it's that scene where they all where they do like the ritual and they're like painting on her mm-hmm. and all. I. It's so strange. It's. I was saying when we were watching it, the. Um, the like dream sequences are so like quintessentially like sixties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they look like weird acid trips. I think of like strange like Italian movies and whatnot. Um, I don't know. I just I was curious what you thought about some of those scenes. I I was like, oh, this is very. I mean, it's definitely something that I was not expecting. Um, those like these montages of. Mm-hmm. Like weird things, dream inter- sequences, dream sequences interspersed with like what's happening in reality. So I definitely wasn't expecting that, but I, I mean, you know, I thought that added that was uh, definitely what kept my attention too. Um, it was a very, very modern uh, way of uh, of expressing that, um, you know, her her discomfort, and then um, I don't know. The cult of people just like naked waiting for the devil to, you know, <laughs> right. To come in it's and very... to insert himself inside of her, and you know, no, that was very, very disconcerting. Yeah, I was, um, I was looking at it because it, again, it's like pulled like right from the book where they are talking though, like the bed was a raft that f- floated on gentle ripples, like they you know pulled that out, and it was. It's supposed to be President Kennedy. They're on his yacht, and she's just like talking to him, and then mm-hmm. Jackie Kennedy wanders in, and like <laughs> it's like I'm not sure what the what the overall point of inserting the president well because he's the first catholic president so and then they were talking about like having uh the pope being there at yankee stadium so i i kind of got that connection because she said Uh, she said something to him in the movie is like you know i was like oh why can't he's like no it's catholics only rosemary like you can't oh that's right because they kick hutch off the boat yeah 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 he's voted off the island yes and then they put a curse on him and then they put a curse on him those people because he's coming around with them books them dangerous dangerous books all all of them witches which you know, it, it, he's you know he died a confirmed bachelor, so one could assume homosexuality. But you know, yeah, yeah, they never expl- that's never explored in any you know I yeah. don't think really in the book either. He writes sort of I always imagine that he wrote like the Hardy Boys kind of thing, like yeah. that sort of book. He wrote mysteries for boys, right? Exactly, little little adventure stories, and. Um, but you're right. I guess it makes sense. He's making lamb, and he's you know he's all up on everything. So. It's like his best. His like best friend's a woman who's yeah. married. It's like it, oh, Ro. Yeah, it could Rosemary. be Rosemary. That sort of 1960s uh, code for gay. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Must get rid of him. And wouldn't that be nice to just have a book like at that time who 
that just has the name of the person that it's all about. Right? It's it's wonder. It's such great luck for her. Yes. <laughs> I just happen to have a book about that. I'm like, oh god, these people. It's it's like it's a it's it's. It's definitely like, oh, if, if this was the modern times, it'd be the internet. You just find a Wikipedia page about it because you can get some really weird information. But like to for someone to have like a book about it seems less believable to me. Hmm. But anyway. That's the power of fiction. Yes. That is the power <laughs> of the fiction. <laughs> what else about this movie? Um, oh my goodness. What else about this movie? I don't know. It was the all- fashion. Oh, it's great. I love like the 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 apartment they live in, the mm-hmm. clothing, the whole time. Like it's very uh cool, you know, the the um mm-hmm. the atmosphere of it. Yeah. And like as she gets more, you know, if, as you the thing you just said about uh infantilizing a rosemary, like as she as the movie progresses, you know, when we see her at the start, she's a beautiful young woman. She's very feminine. And then as she's moving along and gets pregnant, you know, she starts to, she cuts her hair super short, mm-hmm. you know, makes her look like a little boy, like, yeah. a, like an infant. F- um, fancy Vidal Sassoon. Vidal Sassoon, y'all. I bet you didn't know Vidal Sassoon was a real person or had salons out there, but, you know, he did. Um, yeah, it was, just, it was just so fascinating to see that kind of uh, transition, too. And then, you know, her... Also, I wish I had friends like hers that would just tell me I look like shit, just outright. Right? Wow, you look like shit, Rosemary. (laughs) That's true. Are you okay? You don't look good. But, you know, if I didn't look good, I would want my friends to say, you know, you don't look healthy, man. Like, you're supposed to be having a baby. Like, what's going on? You're supposed to gain weight. I just, I was like, I don't, I'm like, I don't know if I have friends that are that bold. I would be like, hey, are you okay? You look like crap. (laughs) She had a party for them, which was, by the way, was like the most Austin Powers swinging mod 60s party ever with like men in ascots and mock turtlenecks. It's true. I loved it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You know, I mean, they're living this very high class life. Like, you know, which stuff doesn't happen to people like them? No. (laughs) Uh, I think it's interesting that the... um, the Bramford, where the you know the book is based, is uh, or you know is the apartment building they live in, is based on the Dakota, which is where like John Lennon was shot, and you know they I think they even filmed exteriors there. They wanted to film inside the building, but it wasn't like dark enough, so they had to I guess build sets or maybe they found a different building. But they used the Dakota as the as the for exterior mm, of, of Bramford, yeah, which I, I think is interesting. Just to talk about the set and the set design. Uh, the cursed stuff. The cursed, <laughs> cursed stuff. Um, they, it did. They made a sequel film uh, called what was it called? Um, Look what's happened to Rosemary's Baby, starring Patty Duke, who auditioned for the role that Mia Farrow won um, in the in the original film, but lost out because they were looking. The the book came. Let's see how did it work. So, somebody saw the the proof, the galley proof of the book, and so the rights were sold before the book even came out. Mm-hmm. So it was going to be a movie, mm-hmm. and you know the book was kind of slowly climbing the charts, but it wasn't like huge. Uh, so they were kind of worried that they didn't want to put somebody who wasn't going to really carry the film, and because uh, Mia Farrow had just married, I think Frank Sinatra and was on Peyton Place. Suddenly mm-hmm. she was like a household name, so they, they gave the part to her. But they did, they did make a follow-up 
uh, movie with Patty Duke, which I always thought was uh, sort of interesting, but it was a total bomb. Um, Ruth Gordon, even uh, the uh, woman who played Minnie, mm-hmm. actually came back and was in it. She was, I think, the only, I think, the only person who came back. Um, the reign of terror. You gotta have someone who you know document the, the eventual growing up, and you know. I wish they could have connected that to the Omen. Ooh. Hmm. Mm, see, I still know things culturally. <laughs> I'd have to look. I really, I, I never saw that sequel. Uh, so I don't even know what it's really about. They did make, um, Ira Levine wrote a sequel, a book, pff, years later. God, when did that come out? Um, 2000. It's the son of Rosemary, right? Yeah, Son of Rosemary was like 30 years later. When did it come out? 1997. And it's kind of interesting because it starts out where she's just kind of accepted stuff as it is, you know, and she... Oh, no, that's right. It starts out with a... Uh, she wakes up in a co- from a coma. Mm-hmm. So she had been taking care of her kid, and then the, the coven put her in a coma. And she wakes up in like whatever, however many years later... And um, discovers that her son has become this like very famous person, and he's like a, a leader, you know, who's going to be president or, or king or something like that. But he's the antichrist, and he spent his whole life being raised by the coven and indoctrinated. And so she's got to like find him and you know try to save him, try to save him from becoming the antichrist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, as as of yet, they have not made that movie. That'd be interesting. Mia Farrow's still alive. They can get her to do it. Yeah, she was. She's still alive. <laughs> they could just just adapt it now. Who could play? Who Who do you think should play uh, the Antichrist if they did a sequel? Ooh, who should play the Antichrist? Who are we casting? Who are we casting? Lieb Shriver. Oh, that actually is not a bad idea. Well, I say that mainly because he was in the remake of the Manchurian Candidate, so it's ah. <laughs> but oh, who could play him? Gerard Butler. <laughs> I like that too. Any of these, any mm-hmm. of these people. Clive Owen. <laughs> um. So, anyways, now they did make a remake, a uh, reboot of it in oh, 2014. Right. It was Zoe Saldana. It's so Zoe Saldana and uh, Patrick J. Adams as Guy Woodhouse, um, Jason Isaacs as Roman Castavet. Uh, which I kind of want to see <laughs> this the remake just to see, um how they're going to do it because, you know, it's just so dated. And I mean, like basically in, in, um, the original guy, um, guy Woodhouse admits to basically raping his wife, like to her face. It's like, Oh, I didn't want to miss baby night and you look so good. Let me just have sex oh, with you I know. when you're passed the fuck out. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, just explains that away. And I'm like, Oh God. And it, it, you know, I think we're, this is a good segue to talk about this, but like that, the fact that it was also made by like Roman Polanski just really, really made me not comfortable with it. Like, because that's how you're going to explain it away that she had this, like, it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to get pregnant. You wanted a baby, right? You wanted a baby, right? You wanted it to happen tonight. And, and when it, when not like five minutes before that, he's like, we'll just do it tomorrow. 
Like, well, no, yeah. she. Well, but the devil yeah. showed up. So it's yeah, like the de- gotta, I mean, the devil doesn't have time for tomorrow, right? Apparently, no, it is. It's very disturbing, especially when you think of the context. Um, I did really quickly before because I do want to get to that because uh, we do have to um, talk about that. Uh, I was going to say that the the remake they did in 2014 is actually a two part four hour like mini series, mm-hmm. you know, so they stretched it out and they moved it to Paris as mm. well. So they made some changes and and updated it. I watched a little bit of it. And I was just really underwhelmed. Like, it was just, again, like, it didn't need to be remade. Like, it's a very particular story and can be kind of left, like, where it is, yeah. I felt. Um, if it pops up on Hulu or something, I don't know, maybe we could sit down and watch it sometime when, you know. When we don't, well, after we watch everything else we have to do this, yeah. this season. But, yeah, I mean, so, I like Patrick J. Adams, so that's my, that's where I fall on that. Hey, I, I'm not judging. We can do it. We can watch it, man. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, Roman fucking Polanski. Uh, yeah, he's a piece of shit. Good night, <laughs> right? And good night. Uh, you know, and that's like, you know, that again. This is one of those things where we're kind of having Mia Farrow seems to be at the mercy of these pieces of shit. Really, I know, right? Him, Woody Allen, you know, and uh, yeah, that's where it's like we have we kind of can. <laughs> we're sort of like confronted by like, again, this is kind of also an ongoing conversation uh, in this season in particular, Mm -hmm. you know, as we're talking about feminism and as we're talking about women in horror, gender in horror, um, you know, those lines like, you know, I Rosemary's baby is a great film. You know, I think she should have been nominated for an Oscar. She was promised. That's kind of what, cause she almost dropped out because Frank Sinatra did not want her working and served her divorce papers like in the middle of the production. And she's like, I'm going to quit then. Like if yeah. he, if he's giving me an ultimatum to either, you know, stay his wife or he's, you know, or, or do the movie, which is like, you know, come on, Mia. Yeah. Like, well, do the mean, movie. Frank Sinatra is also a giant asshole. As well. Right. Of course. Absolutely. But I'm just saying that, you know, he served her papers. So she was going to drop out. But they're like, no, 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 no. You're going to get an Oscar nomination off of this. Like, you know, they showed her like parts of the film, like, you know, look how good it is. It's going to be great. And I, and I do think that she should have. And I, I think that the film itself deserved that. Um, but yeah, the whole thing with, Polanski and that girl. She was 13? Yeah, she was definitely, I mean, 13, 13, I thought it was 15 or 16, but... Yeah, which, I mean, of course, when I, like, when I first saw that, like, I had no idea of those allegations, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously, you know, I mean, we're, again, we sort of were sheltered from that kind of stuff, (laughs) like, you know, watch all Mm -hmm. the horror you want, but, you know, we're not talking about, you know, and I don't even know if my mom even maybe knew, I I have no idea, you know, Mm -hmm. she was... She wasn't even born when Rosemary's Baby came out, actually. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, but what you were going to bring, you wanted to talk about something uh, in regards to Polanski? Had you had... No, I mean, like, I, I... Like, how do you think? How do you balance? Especially as a film analysis, where do you stand on Woody Allen? See, that's the thing, is that the Polanski-Allen thing, it's it's I, it feels just so polarizing because it's like, you should be able... Are we going to separate the work from the artist the art from the artist are we going to separate them who they are as people with who yeah. they are as, as creatives but at the same time like you know consumption my argument on on my argument in favor of like boycotting and not mm-hmm. supporting these people is that consumption of their work with like you know by giving them exposure or any type of 
um, any type of cachet with our actual money is supporting these people. Yeah. So the only way, I mean, you know, if you want to... giving them more money to fight, mm-hmm. you know, vi- their w- victims. Fight it's their more victims. Money to, yeah, yeah, I mean, more money to, like, you know, live expatriate lives and live in exile yeah. and not... So, you know, there's, you can say anything all you want. And there's plenty, I mean, there's plenty of really brilliant people out there who are awful people. Like, Mm. there's just plenty of, plenty of them that are doing these things. But I don't know. It's just with, when it comes to, when it comes to like those films of like Polanski and Woody Allen, I just, I, I still struggle, have a hard time like with it. I wasn't even like a really big Woody Allen fan to begin with. Right. So it's just like, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't mean anything to me. It's easier for me to like, you know, boycott, divest, sanction him. But I don't like, I, it's, it's one of those like polarizing things. Cause yeah. you, I can see what people mean from other sides of it. Well, no, obviously, yeah, obviously. I mean, I'm totally like for me, it's easy because I don't, I don't particularly find Woody Allen funny. I've never liked his movies. Mm-hmm. I, you know, so that it's very easy to, you know, um, to break away from that because I don't care. Like you know, it's like yeah. yeah, fuck Woody Allen. And hey, it's even easier to say fuck Woody Allen because I never thought he was funny. Anyways, yeah. um, men aren't funny. They need to leave comedy to women uh, where it belongs. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. I just mean that. Yeah, I never found him funny. But like with um, Polanski, it's like I fucking love Rosemary's Baby. Now mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen anything else he's ever done, and I and I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't pay for it. You know. Um, Actually, I don't even know what else he's done besides Rosemary. To be honest, um, I don't think he's done any other horror films that I really like. No, but he's definitely, and he's still a filmmaker. Like, he's still making films today. And a lot of actors, like modern actors, are still working with him. Mm. Um, yeah, looking at this list, I'm like, actually, no, I don't care about any of these movies. It's only it's only Rosemary's Baby. and But it, you're right, it does become more fascinating when you sit back and think about what he did and then what happens to the, the woman, the young woman in the movie. But he didn't write. I mean, Rosemary's Baby was written by somebody else. You know, so it's not like he envisioned, but I don't know, maybe it's like... Maybe it is this kind of twisted, fucked up thing in his mind mm-hmm. <laughs> when he decided, like, yes, this is the movie I want to direct is a woman being controlled by all the men around her. I don't know. Maybe mm. there's there's something in there to that. <laughs> uh, but it's another. It's coming up now for me. Right, you know, the, the this conversation right now is very um, timely because uh, Jeepers Creepers three is coming out, uh, which is something that I've waited like thirteen years for, or something like that. I think the last one was was out um, in what two thousand four, something like that. And you know, the the director of it, uh, Victor Salva, is the same, is being accused that he um, had molested one of the child actors, a, a male child actor in one of his movies, filmed it even. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so it's kind of the same thing where everybody's like, what are we going to do? Like, are we going to watch a movie we've been waiting to see? And like, they brought Trish back, like the actress who played, you know, the, the sister in the first movie. It's like, it's exciting. Like the story they're talking about, I'm like, ah, oh, this sounds so good, but I don't know if I'm going to watch it. Like, I, I don't know if I want to, you know, I I, yeah. I I may need to, I will probably have to separate from that franchise just because it's like, I don't want to support him. Yeah. And I think he should be in prison. And I think Polanski should be in prison. And I think Woody Allen should be in prison. Bill Cosby should and be in Bill prison. Bill Cosby should absolutely be in prison. 
um, along with, I'm sure, countless others that, you know, I mean, I think of like Corey Haim and Corey Feldman, um, who, um, who Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood? Well, I think they've all spoken about pedof- pedophile rings in, in Hollywood. And, but still nobody's like really under investigation. There's mm-hmm. not, you know, so it's like, I know there are other people out there and who knows who it could be, you know, yeah. especially when you think of all of the Hollywood directors who have had interactions with them. And who have had interactions with other kids, you know, like, I, you know, obviously I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to like make, you know, we're not trying to make excuses for anybody. No, I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm not trying to accuse anybody, but it's like, you know, they're like, oh, there's these powerful men in, in Hollywood who, you know, are abusing kids. And then you think like, well, geez, how many kids has Steven Spielberg worked with? How many kids has, you yeah. know, and that's not what we're not saying that. Don't no, no, but us. I'm just thinking like, of other, like, yeah, like of other people that you would, I mean, you were people. I don't know, like, what do I want to, like, how do I want to put it? I mean, it doesn't matter. If somebody says that this happened to them, we should believe them. That should be our initial Yeah, we response. should believe them, You know, we investigate. Should believe yeah, but it's like, I just wonder, like, were people shocked? Like, you know, it was like Woody Allen, you know, was that like so, like, I mean, I imagine mm-hmm. people, you know, were, but it's like the same thing now when you, when stuff comes out about people, and we're like, what? Like, mm-hmm. b- like the Bill Cosby thing. Even though I know those allegations yeah. were thirty years old, yeah, I, I I had never heard them until very recently. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was like it was a shock. Like America's favorite dad is a freaking rapist. You know, yeah. so and it's one of the things where it's like you know people um, people normally cannot separate the art from the artist, right? So like all of this only, but only when these terrible things come out of who they, these monsters is that's when we're being asked to separate the art from the artist. Right. When like everybody, like, you know, Cosby, it's, it, Cosby's in the name. Like that's Cosby's in the name of the show. And he, you know, everyone thinks that he's the, everyone thinks that he's Dr. Cliff Huxtable. Like there's no, they're, they don't, there's, they don't, it's, it's a, it's just um, an interesting double standard at that point. Yeah, but I also wonder, like, you know, what all plays into it as well. You know, who is it that we decide that we want to punish and who is it that we decide that we want to, you know, take apart? You know, because I think there's a lot of accusations about, like, John Lennon, you mm-hmm. know, but everybody's like, oh, but I love Imagine. It's such a good song. Everybody, mm-hmm. you know, got to come together, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, but didn't he, like, beat up his wife and wasn't he, like, a jerk? Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, so. Miles b- Davis, like, you know, mm-hmm. choked out Cecily Tyson, burned her with a crack Pipe. Right, yeah, like, but it's like so. Yeah, anyways. was that Rick James that burned someone with a crack pipe? <laughs> I'm not sure, but I don't. Know. Miles Davis did do shit to Tesla Tesla Tyson, so yeah. So it's just yeah. I mean, going ongoing, especially in this season, I think that that's going to be something we're going to continue to see pop up in relation to a lot of these uh, movies and the directors uh, behind some of them and the writers and you know cast members and, and such. You know, we're just kind of, we're living in a time where we do need to, I think, be more cognizant and you know even if even if somebody's really funny or they write a really good book or whatever like i mean i don't yeah i I don't know i don't think we we should be excusing that no you know so but unfortunately it's like you know i still like sit back and i think on the surface you know rosemary's baby is is a really great film you know and i think that roman polanski created a really good horror film a psychological horror film that stands the test of time and uh and it really does it's not as like it's dated but it still really holds up yeah i was you know i I, i'll admit like some it's hard for me to watch some of these really dated films Mm -hmm. but i was definitely 
um, uh, transfixed in this one. Yeah, I just think it. I think it's such a. It's just a really good movie. But I also feel like, yeah, I mean, he should be in prison. Absolutely, you know. And regardless of you know what happened to Sharon Tate, his wife, obviously in the mm-hmm. Manson. Um, I think he also um, wasn't Polanski part of, like the Holocaust. Uh, he, I think he was. Uh, I think he escaped the Holocaust. Yeah, yeah, it was like a child. Like you know. So I also think of like you know all of like the terrible things that kind of formed that him. I'm sure yeah that happened to him but it's like it's still that doesn't excuse any you know he you can't rape a 13 year old girl and then just run off you yeah. know there has to you know he he should be absolutely yeah held accountable but you know on that positive up note <laughs> on that uplifting Rosemary's note. Baby uh Great film. I wanted to start off with this one because I, I think it is the quintessential like gaslighting film. It brings up lots of lots of thoughts on 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 feminist horror, uh, or at least on the role of women in horror films. Uh, it's been long discussed what it's you know what it's about, what you know what messages are in the movie, um, and I just thought it was kind of a good good place to start. Yeah, very good place <laughs> to start. Plus, I mean, like I kind of mentioned earlier, is that you know the if you motherhood is a one of the defining things quote unquote of like the female experience or the the idea that like Absolutely. women can, yeah the archetype that we the have archetype. You know, one of them is mother you yeah. know and you know this is perfect to start kind of with that with that sort of analysis so we'll 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 be discussing that over the next few episodes looking at a couple other different uh movies that involve pregnancy or involve motherhood and um what you know, the different ways that that has been expressed over the last few decades within the context of horror. Uh, So we'll be back again next week or two weeks. (laughs) We'll see. Uh, No. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Yeah, we're working out our our schedule, but... um, We got a very full schedule for you. We do. We have like 30 films to discuss. It's going to be it's going to be yeah. really fun. We've yeah. got we've got a lot of uh, fun stuff coming up. So I'm, I have my baseline psychiatric appointment later this week. <laughs> like it'll be great. All right, Joe. Well, I hope that you have a good week and uh, study hard uh, for 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 the next uh, fright school. Yes. <laughs> and remember, folks, everything you want is on the other side of fear. Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. listening to the Geekscape Network.